In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome all you rockers and rockettes and everything in between you have entered the domain of and the podcast will rock. We are the podcast that dives into the discography, the catalog of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamire, and with me as always, Corey Morissette and Corey, how much fun is curling really? Oh, curling's a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, Diamond Dave knows what's up. Uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're talking about curling because uh, I was uh, in my day job. I, uh, I work as a TV producer and uh, around here, I was supposed to shoot curling this weekend, but it got canceled due to COVID concerns and other things. But uh, curling's a blast. And I'm really hoping it takes off in the States because it's the one like Olympic sport that men and women are, are equal. You can play together, mix teams and stuff. And, and you can play this game severely inebriated as as i have done many times uh, in the past from my high school days onward uh there used to be ashtrays on the ice uh booze flowed freely they're sweeping uh there's ice it's just a, a heck of a lot of fun so uh, absolutely uh diamond dave that's here for curling yeah I would be worried about going for a uh, 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 recreational curling and getting your drink on. And all of a sudden, before you know it, while you're sweeping, here comes an empty keg, just barreling <laughs> down the ice and it just, just screws up everybody's uh, fun. Uh, that would be my concern, of course, but you know, usually hey. it, yeah, it's not a keg. It's usually a 300 pound guy who has slipped and fallen and is flying down the ice that you have to try and avoid. That has happened more times than not. And more times than not, it was me. I mean, look, if you're 
going to get on the ice, then you understand that there are certain precautions you must take. Absolutely. But as we all know, uh, a few uh, a few pilsners in and those precautions, <laughs> what precautions? No precautions. The ice and me, we are one. And then you find that, yes, yes, you are. As soon as you're flat on your ass, you are one with the ice. Did so, you just reference uh, pilsners? That's awesome. Of course I did. Come on. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know a thing or two about a thing or two. You know, not you. a lot, but just a, just a thing or two. You know uh, your Canadian but, beers. That's impressive. I, 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 I read. I read. And, <laughs> and, and occasionally I get my hands on uh, some imported uh, uh, delicious beers. So and are, are you, you guys, a fan of the Pilsner then? I am a fan of the Pilsner, actually, as it turns out. That, that is kind of the official beer of Saskatchewan in our football stadium. There's actually yeah. a place called the Pill Zone, and it's all uh-huh. Pilsner Green, with, and, and that's where all the drunks go, and they stand for the whole game, and they get just pissed out of their minds and, and, and yell at, at, at football players. It's great. All right. Okay. So for the, uh, for the Canada trip that one day I'm sure I will have, uh, I will journey off into the, the faraway land of Saskatchewan, right. but I will be in good company because we will suck down a few Pilsners and I will be uh, hopefully welcome as one of their own. I will take That's, you to the, I will take you to the pill zone and then we will go curling after into the pill zone. Forget the danger zone. We're in the pill zone. That's right. Yeah. Baby. I'm in. I am into it. And while you're putting some Pilsners into your gullet, you know what's also good at the same time? Blasting some rock and roll into your face, into your ear holes. And what better band to do that than Van Halen? Hey, that's why you come here. You come here to listen to some great rock and roll. You come here to listen to us talk about it. Whether you agree with it or not, it's fine. But uh, 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 speaking of people getting involved in the conversation, look, we love it. We love our listeners. We love that you guys are interactive. It's awesome. Thank you. Keep it up. But there are some times where uh, as good of a job as we think we're doing, sometimes we, we, we see the other end of that. And uh, I believe, Corey, you mentioned that uh, uh, someone uh, did not quite see eye to eye on a track that we went over. Am I right? That's right. And uh, he's a new listener to the show. And I want to shout out Michael Green because he's been doing a, a, a fantastic job. He's, he's uh, catching up on all of our old shows. And um, he, he sent out a thank tweet. You, yeah. Thank you so much, Mike, uh, at Avenue A68 uh, on Twitter. Give him a follow, folks. Uh, he, tremendous guy. Uh, he listened to the first five shows and uh, he gave us his takes. And he said, Running with the Devil, uh, outstanding top five Van Halen song, thumbs up. On Fire, great tune, thumbs up. Hot for Teacher, thumbs up. We were all thumbs up on those as well. Um, out of space, he gave a thumbs down and that's the one we were, you were thumbs down, Mark. I said thumbs down on the show, but I've kind of wavered on that since. And oh, uh, big river, okay. big river was a thumbs up, but then he got to episode six and episode six for us, Mark was dirty water dog, which was our first track from Van Halen three, uh, with Gary Sharon, uh, from extreme, who's a band that, that we both really love. We, we didn't do. like, we yeah, but we didn't like this yep. song. We did not, not, not in the slightest. No. And the, the, this song in particular has its fans, Michael Green being one of them. Uh, and I, I wanted to read his, his tweet to you, Burke, because I know you haven't seen this one yet. Uh, Michael Green says, uh, number six, Dirty Water Dog. Couldn't disagree with you guys more. Absolutely love everything about the song. Favorite song off Van Halen 3. The guitar, drums, bass, and vocals, all thumbs up. The album is amazing and underrated. That's my hot take. No hard feelings. Can't wait for the rest. Well, uh, and I told this on Twitter too, never any hard feelings. Obviously uh, an educated Van Halen fan is entitled to their opinion. 
as he is his and ours as well. And I really love that he loved Dirty Water Dog. Like, you, you know, we're, we're not into this. We're, we're not like toxic fanboys. We're like going to start promoting people if they don't agree with us. Or say, Why do you like that crappy song? No, that's great that you love that song and that you love that album. I can't wait to dig into more of that album, actually, because I don't know a lot on it. That song just didn't quite work for me. Yeah, no, it uh, it didn't. Uh, but thank you, Michael, for your two cents. And I, I look as a fellow contrarian, I appreciate a contrary, uh, uh, you know, opinion about certain things. But no, this sounds like you actually really do dig the song, and, and that uh, we uh, for you, we were just way off on it. So I'll tell you what. Eventually, probably when we get done with this, the podcast, like it, or when we get through all the songs, as it were eventually I will go back and give that song another try. Look, we still have plenty of tracks from that album to get to. So there, there's a good chance that maybe I'll have a turnaround. Maybe I will see whatever you're seeing, whatever you're hearing about that album. But I got to tell you, that is a very long, steep hill to climb so far where we're at, at least, at least for me, because I, ooh, Ooh, that song just shattered me a little bit because it just, it, it doesn't make any sense, man. Like extreme is so good. Gary is so good in that band. It should have worked with Van Halen, but man, what I have listened to just does not. And, and I'm, and I'm sorry to all of you who are fans of it. Um, but, but I'm glad that you are and maybe possibly one day down the road, I will come around on it, but no promises because and, I, I can't <laughs> there there is good stuff in that album i think we both agree on that mark and uh mm-hmm. kind of to that point uh every week uh we, we put out a twitter poll what what is everybody's vote on the song that we covered and it's what dreams are made of or is this dream over uh, i forgot to put one out for fools um and it was largely uh positive i, I put out, put out that poll this week john mariano voted against it even though he voted for it actually on the broadcast and then voted ah. against it on twitter uh, some men just want to watch the world burn. That's just John. That's what he does, right? I mean, he look. We brought John on knowing he's an agent of chaos. Okay, and yes. so now he is. He's showing his true colors, and, uh, <laughs> and those colors are green because green is the color of chaos. Just look at Loki. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, yeah. But- Big shout out to Mariano, uh, you son of a bitch, but uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but this, and this poll shocked me, Mark, and I wanted to bring this up. The poll yeah. on beautiful girls which I thought would be as close, you know, unanimous, if not close to unanimous right now, only 85% what dreams are made of. And, and actually one of our avid listeners, Gene Hickey, uh, even tweeted like, how is this only like, you know, in the high eighties, like uh, at, yeah. at the time there was four people who voted it. This dream is over. I'm like, how, how damaged, how damaged must you be to vote down beautiful girls? <laughs> is, I mean, look, I know we are living in troubled times. I know that. But, but that song's so fun. Everything about it is fun. What, do we, I mean, do, do, do the people not enjoy Beautiful Girls as, as it were? I mean, I, I thought everybody enjoyed be- Beautiful Girls. And then this, there's a song about it too. And the song's fun. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't get why it was only in the, uh, the 80%. And then that, how people just think, eh. But look. Maybe you know what, Corey? I'm calling it right now. There's a conspiracy. I think Uh-oh. this is the cult of Mariano. That's what really? I think this is. Oh, I think no. this is the, yeah. I think the cult of Mariano has finally broken through, and they're determined to just 
burn all that we love when it comes to Van Halen songs. He's, he's, he's done one show with us and he has a cult already. This isn't good. No, I, no, it's we, not we, good. We both kind of knew that this was possible, but yeah, yeah, this isn't good. And now I'm starting a new damn podcast with him called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, where we're breaking yeah. down Aerosmith. And, uh, you know, first show dropping this week, actually, and uh, episode two dropping next week. Every week, we're going to be breaking down an Aerosmith song. He's been pretty good. We, we recorded the first couple of those. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's going to get dark. And the fact that he, he's already sabotaging our Van Halen show like this is worrisome. <laughs> It is worrisome. So if, if you think he won't sabotage his own show just for the sake of uh, the listenership or just because, hey, chaos is fun. Uh, you've been warned, my friend. It's, you're taking on a, a dangerous uh, feat, uh, bringing him into the fold and starting a, a new venture it, with him. But- I'm only going to tell you one time. Dave's worried, too. God damn yeah, it, baby. He's worried. We're all worried. But uh, <laughs> so, so John, if you're listening to this show, and I'm sure at some point you will, just we're watching you, buddy, with close eyes. Oh, man, um, I'm just on edge now. I, I, I need a good Van Halen <laughs> track to kind of, to kind I'm, I'm just heightened right now. I, I need something kind of relaxing. Beautiful Girls would have been a really good one for this week, actually. There's something fun and playful, but. Uh, Oh, well, th- they have they have no shortage of fl- fun, playful songs. This is <laughs> this true. is uh, true. We have not covered all of the fun, playful songs, even though sometimes it feels like it because Diamond Dave is just leading the race with uh, <laughs> the the songs so far that we have covered. But there are some fun, uh, uh, kind of loosey goosey Hagar tunes. I know, so I, I'm I am fully prepared to discuss whatever it may whatever it may be but i'm with you i think we need we need something fun we need just just if nothing else just to stick it to mariano that'll be the uh, mantra of the show from now on we're sticking it to the cult of mariano and you know he's gonna vote the dream is over on every single song we play from here on now yeah if he has it already he loves yeah Yeah. even the ones he he loves he's gonna even the ones he loves so we know we'll know where that percentage is always going to go anytime a rock and pole is up and it looks it's just like what have we done we've (laughs) we've unleashed a monster oh boy yeah uh, Corey, i i need my palate cleanse with some good rock and roll i need a good van halen tune i can't even manifest one specifically i just need a good one it could be one that I am not familiar with. It can be a classic. I just, I need it. What say you? We, we, we've had a great string of luck here. We've been just nonstop great songs for a long time now. But God, I, I need a comfort song after this whole Mariano mm-hmm. nonsense. Give me something <laughs> from 1984 if it's a Dave track. Give me something from 5150 if it's a Sammy track. I, 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 need, a, I need a comfort too today. Absolutely. Let's, uh, what say you will, can you give us some comfort? Please give us some comfort and, uh, Sammy lead the way. Here we go. All right, here we go. Coming down. Oh, we're going to get another cut off Van Halen too. It looks like DOA is the song. DOA. You know what? Anything off of Van Halen too. I'm happy. Absolutely. Whoo. That was a close one, I, but I won't. I won't lie to you. I was just checking out the wheel, and it slowed down to, a, let's just say, a very familiar tune. And I was, I was kind of hoping, just for a second, I said, "Are we, are we going to cover that song?" You know the one I'm talking about, don't you? I, I do actually, and there was actually a couple, uh, but we were like three away from jump. 
yeah. which we were three jump would have been job. perfect, I think, for tonight. <laughs> It would have been perfect, but it would have been like, man, I can't believe it. It only took uh, uh, however many episodes. We're not even we're not even halfway, not even <laughs> close to halfway and already. But uh, alas, jump will be safe for another day. Yep. And so we're getting yet another Dave song and another cut off of Van Halen, too. Uh, this one's called D.O.A. Um, does this one uh, strike your memory there, Mark? A little bit. Yeah. This is, uh, not one that I've, uh, frequently, uh, spun as it were, but I do love Van Halen too as an album. So I'm, I am familiar with it. Uh, it's not my favorite of the tracks, but it is a good track. So not to bury the lead or, uh, uh, kind of show my hand as it were when we get to the, the end of the song and vote on it, but, uh, you have a pretty good idea of where my vote might go. Uh, it's the eighth track uh, off of Van Halen 2. Uh, this one was included on the Warner Brothers demo uh, way back when. Uh, they did mix up the lyrics a little bit, uh, but uh, it was left off Van Halen 1. Um, but the Guitar World kind of said, uh, by combining Eddie Cochran, Teenage Blues, Tom Waits, a Gutter Grit, and one chord punk rock raunch, Van Halen created a poetic anthem of untamed youth. That's the oral equivalent of 50s juvenile delinquent exploitation film. So there you have it. That, that, that is a review. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it, kind of a fun, uh, useful type track. This is kind of what we were in the mood here for here tonight. Mm-hmm. But being on Van Halen, too, it's going to have that nice kind of kicking early Van Halen's edge to it, too. So, um, yeah, yeah. This is this is coming off the heels of their uh, their debut, which, you know, they came in hot and they just stayed, you know, the flame just kept uh, uh, burning bright through Van Halen too. So what you're going to get from this is uh, something that is going to feel familiar. Uh, Even if you're not familiar with the song itself, you'll know it just because of the vibe and just because of, uh, you know, the, the era of which it came out. Absolutely. What do you say, Mark? Should we get into DOA? We must. All right, here we go. What do you think of that riff, my friend? It's so dirty. That's what they mean in that <laughs> review of like just the 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 grit. That is that's what the some musicians would call that a nasty riff, and it is. If you could see my face, uh, there's a face that you make when you hear a nasty riff, and you just you just you scrunch your face up because you're like, oh oh, how nasty, how dirty. But it's in a good way because you want that in your rock and roll. You want the dirt. You want the grit. You want the nasty. Eddie gave us the nasty. So, <laughs> so right away I'm, I'm into it. Oh, I totally. I love that, that, that kind of dirty riff. Like, like you said, that just ultimate early Van Halen, right? Starts off like that. And even if you don't know DOA, like by hearing the title, when you hear that intro, you have that big right chord to kick things off. Mm-hmm. And I saw you nodded and like, yeah, fuck a Van Halen. And then you kick into that riff. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah, it's it's aptly named Dead on Arrival. So listen to this just this dead <laughs> chord that, that Eddie's just giving you and just and here we go. All right, let's keep it rocking. We was broken on 
Now, now, lyrically, and maybe it's just because I'm reading, again, Van Halen Rising by Greg Granoff, one of the best Van Halen books out there, but he dedicates one whole chapter to this epic backyard party that the police had to break up. And the police had to break up a lot of Van Halen mm-hmm. backyard parties because when they played, they played loud. And when they played, they drew a crowd. So the neighbors were complaining a lot. So here we have, we was broken, hungry on a summer day, obviously struggling musicians. They're not making any money. They sent the sheriff down to try and drive us away. That happened a lot back in the late seventies. Uh, we were sitting ducks for the police, man. They found a dirty faced kid in a garbage can. That sounds like Van Halen backyard party lyrics to me. Yeah. I, I was just going to say this, this one feels uh, the most uh, sort of different of the, of the songs that we've heard so far, because this one feels a, a wee bit uh biographical if you were uh like yeah this this it sounds like they're talking about the days of playing those backyard parties uh just i mean it's the lyrics seem a bit on the nose about it but it mean it's that's okay because they're just they're telling you a story um they're telling you a real story you know dave's not giving you something about uh his view on chinatown he's not giving you uh maybe his uh you know, some punk kid on the street running with the devil, uh, so to speak. He's it sounds like he's giving you kind of like a brief, brief story of the band's early days. I'm into it. Oh, me too. Well, let, let's keep it rolling. You even got a little Mike Anthony there at the end, kind of noodling away mm-hmm. on the bass, and even had uh, uh, you know Alex uh, on the drums, right? Kind of, kind of, kind of went to the crash for a little bit, a little ching, 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 just to kind of mix it up uh, to, to go with that dirty riff. Like you, you can tell this is a song this band is very familiar with, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they may have refined the lyrics um, through the years, but uh, you know this was uh, kind of looking at the concert stats here. And back in '76, uh, and they were playing Gazaris, you know. Um, in West Hollywood, they were playing this tune. When they graduated to the Starwood, they were playing this tune. And all the way up to the Whiskey A Go-Go, they were playing this tune. So um, you can tell, like, they, the, the, this is a band confident in this arrangement and, and just kind of having some fun with it. It almost sounds as if maybe this was uh, one of their openers, like, to uh, to one of the – to a, you know, those backyard gigs or something, because it, uh, it just – with Eddie's opening dirty riff and, you know, and just, it sounds like an anthem, you know, just to get the crowd psyched. And, uh, you know, Dave's not doing a ton of craziness with the vocals yet, but it sounds like a, it sounds like a warm up song, like something to give people like, all right, Hey, we're Van Halen. I uh, hope you like us. And then just like, you know, bring on the ruckus a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if, if that was uh, the case at some point. But if it's not, and uh, judging by these lists here, it doesn't seem like it was an opener. But it wouldn't shock me as if they had. Well, back in uh, you know the Starwood, you know this this would be played fifth. They they would open without a space, mm. 
which was a track they repurposed for uh, a different kind of truth. Uh, the mm-hmm. early version was called Let's Get Rockin'. Uh, and they ended with Fools, which is a song we covered a couple of weeks ago. But uh, they used to uh, close with DOA on occasion as well, back when they opened with On Fire, which was the second yeah. song we covered on this show. So mm-hmm. uh, great opening track there. And yeah, I can see this being a close. I can see this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's keep going. So not really much of a chorus, Mark. It's just kind of one line. And I'm alone. Yeah. I'm on the highway, wanted dead or alive, dead or alive. And you got that great, of course, Michael Anthony uh, in that high register, right, on the first dead or alive. And then Dave bringing a nice down on a dead or alive. You know, not a very involved chorus, but a very effective one. Yeah. And uh, please fact check me if I'm out of, uh, if I'm completely wrong about this. But if I'm, if I'm right, I believe uh, they, uh, Van Halen is the first one to say in the chorus, wanted dead or alive. They beat Bon Jovi to it. Oh, absolutely. Bon Jovi was, what, 86? Something like that, or 87, whenever Slippery Wet Wet came out. So, yeah, Van Halen had him by, you know, <laughs> by, you know, a good six years. That's just, it's just a, that's just a fun fact for me because the, yeah, the, the choruses are oddly similar, but uh, uh, Van Halen did it first. So, suck it, Bon Jovi. I'm did kidding. Van Halen I, do I'm it better, too? Jovi. We don't know. We'll, we'll find well out. that yeah that that's a matter of perspective but uh yeah you're right nothing nothing to it it's uh you know that's a typical dave chorus it's fine it's it's what they do sometimes um i was listening a little more intently to uh, michael's you pointed him out uh his bass lines and yeah he's he's there's a lot he's doing very subtly it's kind of everything else is sort of drowning it out a bit but he is doing uh quite a bit of work back there um, I especially like the moment where he and Eddie both uh, put a lot of heavy bass on the power chords there uh, right before the, the chorus. That was, that was kind of fun. You don't hear that a lot from Van Halen, even though they do power chords, uh, they don't get heavy on the bass with it. So that was a, that was a nice little change. I like it. And we had a great little uh, scream coming into the guitar mm-hmm. solo here. So uh, one, one thing, Eddie, uh, early on here, uh, Van Halen one, Van Halen two, killing it on the solo. It's not like he doesn't always, but. Uh, right i know we've been big fans of his early stuff so let's see if doa kind of continues on with that trend gotta love it he ends it with a dive bomb just oh man and just it, it, it fits it fits uh, he gave you a little hint of it at the beginning of the track when it opens with that sort of dirtiness and he brought it back to you that that is called a uh, callback my friends a refrain if you will it's oh that's great and, and how about what mike was doing like obviously there's only one yeah. guitar in van halen uh eddie wasn't doubling himself at, at this point so, you know, Mike's playing that rhythm and he's even kind of going off on his own. I, I heard him kind of getting high up in there, uh, you know, kind of playing his own little bass solo almost a little bit underneath what Eddie was doing. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, 
essentially playing uh that when i mentioned earlier the uh the little the subtle sort of nuances of him doing work uh underneath everything else but now that eddie's focused on his solo and he's not uh drowning him out with power chords or anything like that you can hear exactly what michael is doing and um yeah it's now you now that you catch it it's it's a front and center and you should celebrate yourself every day But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. That's not easy to do when you want to go off the rails with bass and still keep your rhythm in check. So kudos to Michael. And then again, Alex, killing it back there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, again, early Van Halen, like top of their game. We, we mentioned it before because we do this album a lot lately. This is now the third track from Van Halen too, but <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the young hungry band just getting out of the clubs, you know, coming off a tour with journey and Montrose and those guys, then black Sabbath, and then hitting the studio kind of with all that confidence with all that swagger, taking an older song that they played in their backyard days and their bizarre mm-hmm. days and whiskey and all that and repurposing it. And, and, and oh man, Sounding sort of a so kind of a call. I, maybe they use it as a, uh, a sort of a callback to the early days of, uh, or maybe kind of like a treat for the early fans that were there before um, before the studio times. Like, hey, remember this one? And you know, you, and then you got your uh, uh, diehard Van Halen fans who were there from the beginning. Like, haha, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah it's a, like a little private joke between. It was a little different, but I remember it. Yeah, yeah totally. different, but still, yeah. And uh, I'm just at the chapter and actually going back to Greg Renoff's book, Van Halen Rising, where they were uh, playing their first ever show with all original material and no covers. And so I imagine this song was probably on that set list. Um, and I know they were opening for UFO that night, which I don't know if you know anything about UFO, but um, I know UFO. Yeah, they had uh, Michael Schenker was their guitar player. He was 19 at the time. They had just kind of uh, stolen him from the Scorpions and he was the big yeah. Wonderkin guitar player, right? But by all accounts, uh, Eddie Van Halen blew him off the stage that night. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, UFO is still a great band. Uh, check that out if you if you haven't listened to UFO. Uh, but yeah, oh, poor kid. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's like being a you're you're suddenly uh, the the biggest fish in the small pond, and then someone throws in this uh, this rare like giant sea bass, and it's like oh, okay. Yeah, imagine being Michael Schenker. You're on this American tour. UFO was just about to release. I think it was their third album that was supposed to kind of break them in America. So it was a bigger tour. They, they took five grand to play this smaller show with this unknown band opening for him, Van Halen. So they were partying the whole time. Like they were hungover thinking, oh, this show doesn't really matter, right? It's just kind of a right. one-off. We're taking the money. 
and and then they have this unknown band opening for him and then it's eddie van fucking halen yeah it's up there and does like eruption and like all of his guitar pyrotechnics right because he was doing eruption at this time and then you're michael schenker you're 19 years old you're like holy fuck i gotta follow that now shit (laughs) yeah it's like sober up real quick and uh you know flex the fingers the best you can because oh boy yeah you've got a long uh uh long trip to uh to follow but apparently uh ufo bombed that night to the point where their lead oh, singer I, I don't <laughs> oh god and their lead singer confronted dave after the show and said your your guitar player fucked up my guitar player's head like <laughs> like are, are guitars that fragile mark oh. that they, they can't handle seeing somebody who's trying to elevate the 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 the, the craft uh no comment but yes, gotcha. <laughs> yes, sometimes, sometimes they are. Yes. Uh, I'd like to say these days, not so much, but that's probably not true, but that's also, and just to be fair to the guitar players listening, uh, vocalists are even more fragile, so it's fine. Oh, I, I totally, uh, I, I totally believe that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let, let's keep rolling. <laughs> Now, now, this isn't something Dave, David Lee Roth knows about because he comes from a very affluent family. His dad was a surgeon <laughs> uh, and, and paid for like a lot of things for, for Dave. So now I'm broken down and dirty, dressed in rags uh, from the day my mama told me, boy, pack your bags. That that never happened to Dave. And, and didn't no, have yeah, the Van yeah. Halen boys either because they had a pretty loving uh, family support system around them too. So yeah. uh, a little fantasy a about it. Look, there's such a thing called historical fiction, and uh, this yes. is definitely <laughs> Dave tapping into that. So, yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Sometimes historical fiction is fun. I mean, you know, Braveheart's a good movie, even though it's just not <laughs> accurate whatsoever. So, there you go. The, the Braveheart of Van Halen, too. Let's keep it's going. The bra- <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I imagine that actually happened because uh, all of a sudden the police raid a backyard party, uh, kids, you know, high on whatever, right? Uh, you know, diving into garbage cans, trying to avoid the police. I could totally see that happening. Probably. Uh, but this also starts, uh, and maybe it's just the way Dave is singing it, but the, the way the lyrics are set up and the way he's singing it, um, this feels like he's tapping into some uh, some blues inspiration, um it it sounds very much like uh if you if you took all of the uh heavy rock distortion out of it and just uh slowed it down play it on an acoustic guitar maybe and uh you know we were sitting ducks for the police man something like that it's like oh okay this is a blues song okay this is absolutely that's what this is so um yeah that's what it feels like to me um We've we've left the biographicalness of it behind, but now it now it feels like it's uh, just sort of Dave tapping into some blues inspiration, or uh, you know, or maybe that's just how he he thought rock and roll was supposed to sound. I mean, there are correlations there, but that's what it feels like to me. Well, and that's a good observation because they were very much mm-hmm. uh, influenced by the blues. I think Dave actually brought well, Dave brought more of the kind of. Uh, I don't think he was more of the blues. I think they maybe came more from the brothers. The brothers are more like ZZ Top, yeah. Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin. Uh, whereas Dave was trying to expand their horizons a little bit. And plus he could sing in that key, maybe a little bit better. 
that then he you know he can't compete with the Steven Tyler or even a Billy Gibbons really uh, at that point from ZZ Top. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they were very much influenced by by blues. So yeah, you, I could see Dave with a with an acoustic kind of kind of playing some blues and and, and singing mm-hmm. a lyric like that. That good pull or attempting to you know it's sort, it sort of seems like an, an attempt to. So yeah, yeah, I'm not mad at it. There you go. All right, we got a minute twenty two left. Why not a second solo, right? Eh? Like, uh, we know you're all coming up to see Eddie Van Halen. We're going to give him two solos in the same song. I mean, when you, if you've got the, the ability to do it, if you've got the time, why not? You know, he's, you've always got the time for a second Eddie Van Halen solo because, you know, he, you know, he's just going to fly down the fretboard. You got all the time in the world, bro. Yeah. Let it fly. If, if you think the song calls for it, do it. Honestly, I think the song calls for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, you know, lyrically, you, you kind of look at the lyric sheet here. It's it's pretty small, and a lot of it's repeated uh, lines from from kind of the, the first uh, part of the song. So, yeah, fuck yeah, throw in another Eddie Van Halen solo. Works sure, for me. Yeah. yeah, no one's gonna complain about that. No. And a fade out. I was expecting a big like concert ending there. Instead, That's, we got a fade out. Yeah, yeah. No, I I remember now from from listening to it. Uh, you know, way back when, it was like, yeah, this that's such a weird ending. Like, why wouldn't you just <laughs> why wouldn't you just end it concert style or arena style? No, they're just like, no, we're just gonna fade it out while he's just tuck it, it, like, all right. Or like, you could have just faded out and just because uh, uh, you'll notice Alex decided, oh, I'm gonna speed this tempo up. You yeah. guys try and keep up, and you know, Eddie's like, okay, sure. And, uh, you know, you would think that maybe it would fade out just as the quicker and quicker it goes. But no, no, we're going to fade out on a really weird uh, chugging riff that. Oh, OK, that's 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 a choice. It is a Who choice to question it. We, we were building, like you said, the tempo picked up. Right. And it, it, you mm-hmm. felt this natural kind of build. And you think, oh, it's going to be like a big, massive concert style ending. And I bet you live, yeah. maybe that's how they ended this. But instead. Like I said, we got that little chug riff and then it fades out. And it's like, oh, that seems like an opportunity missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's They were either going to go one way to a big concert, concert finish or it almost sounded like they were going to bust out into a completely different variation uh, of, of the riff, like almost a second song in the mix. Uh, uh, but uh, no, that's not what happened. That is not what happened at all. <laughs> 
what? Uh, that's the song DOA from Van Halen to uh, the album was released March 23rd, 1979. Uh, recorded hey. Sunset Studio Recorder or Sunset Sound Recorders, Hollywood, California. Produced by Ted Templeman. Mark Kamara, I believe you get to go first this week. Um, is this what dreams are made of or is this dream over? Well. And again, I alluded to this earlier, but look, it's, is this my favorite song on Van Halen 2? No. Is this the best song on the album? Again, no. But look, you're also trying to make me decide uh, what, <laughs> which gold is shinier. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> just like, it, there's no, there's no bad song on this album. That's why I think I love it so much. Uh, but, and I wouldn't even say it's their weakest song. However, it's still it's a good classic Van Halen song in the sense that you get what you need. You get, uh, uh, the opening riff, just even with that, this kind of a, a different start to it. Uh, the opening dirty grittiness of the riff, uh, not even the, it's not even a full riff. It's just Eddie plucking a chord and then using his whammy bar to, you know, expel sort of like a, that reverse dive. And then you get a dive bomb later. He brings it back. You get two solos, two for the price <laughs> of one with Eddie Van Halen. Okay. That's, that's rare, even for, for Eddie. And when he does it, it's a treat. And this was a good solo too, because he's, he's not playing uh, overly to drown out the rest of the song as like, he's not trying to cover up anything. He's playing to the riff and he's just expanding and he does it twice and he doesn't do the same. He doesn't do the same uh, uh, techniques in both solos. He does them differently. This is not Dave's uh, greatest lyrical uh, outing, but it's all, but it is very good. He's, he's painting a very clear picture, which is more than I can say for some of his songs. <laughs> so I, I, I can always appreciate that. Um, I d you don't get a, a ton of the howling kind of like whoop with, uh, with Dave this time around or the screams, but uh, that's okay it, because he's still, uh, he's still doing the job he needs to do in terms of the song. And then, you know, Michael's doing a lot more and I'm so glad in the solo section, you get to hear what he's doing because look, Michael is, Michael is underappreciated. I know we've gone over some songs where we think the baseline sounds really good only to find out like, yeah, well that's Eddie. I'm like, uh, okay, okay, fine. But that still does not diminish the uh, Michael Anthony's ability to play the instrument, man. He's so good back there. And look at Alex, not to be outdone. He's not going to just stick to the rhythm. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to have some fun, especially if we're going to end the song. I'm, I'm going to really have some fun. You got him with the, with the uh, sneak attack tempo change. That's fun. That's great stuff. I tell you, I... Alex was never my favorite drummer. I've always appreciated Alex because of the band he helped to create. But the more we do this show and the more I really, really listen to the, what he does, the more I just fully appreciate him. And so this is, this is no exception to, this is just a song that fits the Van Halen mold. Like I said, they were on fire. And so they kept the fire burning. And this song is just the extra, you know, little wood to the fire pile. So yeah. It's absolutely what dreams are made of. It's not the greatest dream, but it's not trying to be. It's just trying to be a good dream. But Corey, do you think this dream was a good dream or is this dream over? Oh, that's what 
Mark, I am a sucker for a killer riff. Uh, and I, I love this riff. You know, I, I think back to songs like, uh, you know, it's not a very complicated riff, but you look at a song like Smoke on the Water, that's not a very complicated riff either, but it's one of the greatest riffs in rock and roll history. Uh, one of my favorite T-Rex songs, uh, 20th Century Boy, uh, has a killer riff. You know, even a song like My Sharona uh, by The Knack has that riff that you just don't forget, right? And even though DOA wasn't a big hit or anything, it wasn't released as a single, it has one of those really memorable riffs. And when people talk about the standouts or their favorites on Van Halen 2, a lot of times DOA is mentioned because you you have that killer riff. And everything else about the song is great too. I love the lyrics. Uh, I thought Dave sounded great on it. Uh, I really loved what, what Mike Anthony and, uh, and Alex Van Halen were doing, you know, uh, almost kind of veering away a little bit and doing some uh, almost kind of like their own little solo fills underneath the guitar solo and stuff. That sounded really cool. Um, left a little cold on the uh, on the fade out. I, I thought we could use maybe a bigger bombastic ending, but that is a very minor gripe. This is a, a killer track from a killer album. I wish I could have been there at Gazzari's and at the Whiskey and stuff, uh, or even on, you know, on the Journey uh, Montrose uh, tour to see them play this song, because it would have been phenomenal. Uh, DOA is a great song. It's the eighth track. Um, but actually, Mark, there is an instrumental that is before uh, DOA uh, on Van Halen 2 called Spanish Flight. What do you say? It's only a minute long. What do you say we give it a quick listen? I don't see why not. All right. It's our show. We can do whatever the hell we want, right? Exactly. All right. Here's a little bonus for you, folks. Here's a little Spanish Fly from Van Halen 2. Yeah, there you go. So Van Halen 1, we had Eruption, right? So what does he do to follow that up on Van Halen 2? How about a little acoustic? A little acoustic tap fest. How did that sound to you? It sounded like, uh, you ever seen when uh, Hulk Hogan would flex his muscles and strike a pose? You could see it, but you can't hear it. Uh, you can hear the flex in this <laughs> is basically what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, this is, this is Eddie just showing off. Um, but I mean... It's not that uh, the way I understand it, he wasn't doing it just because he could. He just is just like, eh, you know, why not? I'm going to just playing around. And this, this is Eddie just playing around. He's like, yeah, I could do this acoustically. Why not? You know, it's, it's got six strings. So, uh, and there he is. And, and it's called Spanish Fly because it's very much uh, in the style of, of Spanish uh, guitar playing. So, I mean, he's not, he's not using a pick. When he's playing, he's just, just like all finger tapping. And it's just, I mean, good God. And first of all, this is not easy to do. Okay. Uh, like, uh, Spanish guitar playing is, is uh, there's a technique to it. And it's not like regular guitar playing. It's, it's very, very difficult. It's all fingers. And, uh, uh, and might I add, 
when you're not used to it, painful. So this, <laughs> this, this also sounded painful while sounding beautiful. So give it up to Eddie for just flexing all of his guitar muscles whatsoever uh, for this, for this track that just happened by accident the way I understand it. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at uh, Van Halen News Death, and they had a little ba uh, backstory on Spanish Fly. And uh, apparently, Ed was fooling around on an acoustic, uh, a six-string ovation, uh, actually, uh, when uh, producer Ted Templeman walked in and said, you can play acoustic? And Eddie looked at him and said, what's the difference? It's got six strings. And that that's what became Spanish Fly, and they, they put it on the album. So, Yep, that's... I. I mean, yeah, that that's such a great excuse to, or that, a great retort of like, yeah, why not? It's got six strings. <laughs> well, what if it didn't? What if it had five strings? What if it had four? What would Eddie have? Well, if it had been four, he probably would have treated it like a bass, and we already know what what he can do with that. So it would have been I mean, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been it would have been great either way. But I just, ah, man, I forgot about Spanish Fly from this album. Like I forgot what it was, and jeez. It's, you know, th this is the kind of tune you listen to as a guitar player and you just go, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit <laughs> because I'm never going to, I'm never going to achieve that level to where I'm just doodling around just willy nilly. And then that's what I come up with, man. No. Yeah. Just fooling around the studio producer walks in and says, Hey, let's record it minute long, throw it on the album <laughs> track number seven. <laughs> You can hear him. You can hear him in, enter the booth, pick up the guitar, go, you know, make, take a few breaths. He's probably got a cigarette in his mouth. Like, all right, all right, all right here we go. And then does it. And then you can hear him walk out. <laughs> like, like, he literally said, get in there and I'll hit record. So honestly, this sounds like a single take and probably. good God. And I like when you said it sounded like pain because I can just imagine what your fingers would have to do to to do that and it hurts my hand just thinking about it yeah it's i mean i mean at this point i think eddie had grown uh some pretty uh, uh calloused fingers at this point with all the the tapping and the picking he did but it's i don't know it's really cool to see that uh he's he's not even though he's a rock guitar player he is still very much influenced by uh other virtuosos and uh he's not limited to just the rock and the metal and that he can show you is like, look, I can incorporate these things and just do it in a different style. So that, uh, you know, look, look, look at me. I have dynamics. That's <laughs> a rare thing with great. That's what separates the great guitar players from everyone else. Amazing. Amazing. A great album, a great song. And I'm glad we got a little Spanish fly in there too, because that is the song at the beginning. And we talked about how do we handle the instrumentals? Um, obviously mm -hmm. we played eruption when Chris L was on the show because it was Eddie Van Halen's birthday when we recorded that and that worked out really well. But I just noticed that, yeah, there's Spanish fly is the track right before this. And it's an instrumental, you know, let, let's talk about that. So uh, maybe as we kind of come to the tracks that come right after the instrumentals, we'll play the instrumental too, and kind of give our, our quick little take on that as well. Yeah. Why not? It's our show. We can do whatever the hell we want, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's a uh, that's a unanimous. I think uh, that's what dreams are made of with the Spanish fly. Oh, yeah. We'll just go ahead and <laughs> we'll do that because if you don't think so, then you must have some really sad dreams because <laughs> that was uh, that was quite quite impressive. Um, and yeah, there it is. There's another one, another two 
tracks uh, off the list and you know and the the world goes on and the wheel spins madly on uh, uh we'll we will do this once again but uh cory before we go where can the good people find you and find the show when they want to tune in and uh they need to know where Oh, they can find me at CD Marset on Twitter and Instagram, although I don't really post on Instagram. I'm there. Uh, they can find the show at Podcast Will Rock on Twitter and uh, www.podcastwillrock.com. Um, all our past shows are on there. We got some merch on there. You can contact the show on there. And uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of Van Halen fans engaging with us on Twitter. And it's been really, really great. So uh, if you want to you know, reach out, let us know what you thought. Maybe Mark and I are full of shit. Uh, if you love Dirty Water Dog, uh, there, there's a real groundswell for that song. Let, let's hear more about it. Um, if for some reason you didn't like Beautiful Girls and you're not a disciple of Mariano, let us know. What is it about that song that didn't work for you? We like talking Van Halen. Obviously, we're doing a show on them. And uh, please, yeah, reach out and check out the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Of course, we have a ton of great shows on there. Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, the Deep Purple Podcast, T-Bone's Prime Cuts, T-Bone, I know... Uh, Terry Mathley had a, a, a medical procedure this past week. We wish him all the best and hopefully he's feeling uh, fine. Uh, in the Lap of the Pods, the Magician's Podcast, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of, of the Mad Men, and universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast and the Metal Gods Podcast, and new to the feed, uh, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. And how do I know that, Joe? Well, I host it. Along with the aforementioned John Mariano, um, our goal is to create the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape, and we're doing that one track at a time. So uh, the first 18 tracks will kind of go on automatically. And then the debate happens. What do we take off uh, and, and what do we put on? So you're going to see a lot of Aerosmith classics left off the Aerosmith mixtape. It's going to be a great debate and a great show. So hopefully everybody will check us out. And Mr. Kamire, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark the Bat. Uh, and if you are... Uh... If you are a big fan of Dirty Water Dog and you are uh, not a disciple of John Mariano, or if you are, I will ask you the same questions. Why? Uh, but it's it's fine. That's that's what we're here for. We're here to have the discussions. I will I will acknowledge that you uh, either disagree with the songs that we choose or you agree with it. You know, if you do disagree. We don't need to have a fight about it. We can discuss it. Like, please tell me, like, what is it about that particular song or whatever song we're talking about that you disagree with us? Tell us why. We want to know. I want to get into uh, a new perspective. Um, that is, unless, of course, you are just uh, an agent of chaos and Mariana sent you. And if, if that's the case, then you you go straight to hell. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love John, but my God, you we you know what? We've talked about him too much on this show. So that's it. That's the yes. last word. He's got yep. that's the last word he's going to get. He is not going to get any more from me because we had a wonderful show. Uh, two for the price of one. You know, it's one of those rarities, you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for keeping the conversation going uh, for all your support. All of you out there help us continue to grow because the discussions are only going to get better. They're going to get probably more heated too. Uh, the further we go along, we are not even close to halfway done. So we've got plenty of show to go around and that's just the way it goes here on the podcast. will rock podcast and we will rock you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.